0: Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood Podcast. This is Stephanie, your host, and today you guys, we're gonna talk about the importance of focusing on growth over goal setting. And you guys, if your social media right now looks anything like mine, which let's just, it's gonna be January 4th of 2020. So we're right here in the New Year's, (laughs) New Year's resolution, you know, area or whatever um, time frame. So if you're listening to this at a later date, you're probably like past this, but. It kind of looks like goal setting threw up all over the freaking place. And I don't really have any beef with goal setting outside of the fact that it's exhausting because we're not really taught how to do it. Like if you are anything like me, I would get a cute new planner or journal from Target and I would put some kind of motivated play, motivating like playlist on and I would just dream big. Like I am a big picture kind of person. <laughs> I am not a detail oriented person. So this part was always super fun and motivating for me, you know, like setting the big financial goals or health goals or marriage goals. I'm the person that'll be like, I haven't seen the inside of a gym in eight months, but I'm going five days a week. CrossFit. (laughs) Like that's, that's how I am. And I get super, super motivated. And there really is something special about, you know, the start of a new year. But here's what always happened to me. I would lose the notebook, you know, that I bought and I would kind of forget about my goals. Like I... I would know them in my, like the back of my mind, but I would just kind of forget to work on them, I guess. Or the notebook would sit by my bed when I, you know, went to bed or whatever. And I would look at them and I would look at my goals. And all of a sudden, you know, after the adrenaline of the new year left, my goals suddenly seemed just freaking exhausting. (laughs) Like they were not priorities anymore. Or I just, a lot of times my problem is, is I don't, set goals in a realistic expectation. Like I forget that I have energy limits. I forget that I have support limits. I forget that, you know, whatever, like when I'm high on coffee and like when I'm motivated, I'm listening to like a pumped up playlist. I think that I would never get tired, you know, like I don't, I'm not realistic with myself. I have a really hard time realizing like you have boundaries and I need to like stick within them or I have limits, you know? Um, And so typically, the goals, once I look at them a month later, I'm like, what was I thinking? That was dumb. (laughs) Like I cannot hit CrossFit six days a week, you know? And once I was kind of thrown into the reality of my life, you know, I have four kids and I'm homeschooling. There's freaking COVID happening. Like I have a business. All of the ideas seemed nice. And as quote unquote smart as the goals were, you know, it didn't feel attainable or like a priority anymore. So Here's where I have the issue with the New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve kind of goal-setting trend. I think, honestly, you guys, this is where I taught myself not to trust myself. I showed myself, you know, year after year that I'm just not somebody that can follow through and that I'm, that I'm not a closer, that I can dream big, but that's pretty much all I can do and that it's just kind of an illusion and so then I sort, sort of started to play small, right? Like I started to set smaller goals, ones that I felt like I could hit or whatever. But honestly, those didn't really light a fire in me. So funny enough, those wouldn't work either <laughs> because I didn't have any doggone passion by, behind it, you know? So what the heck do you do? And I know I'm not the only one out there. What I have learned, and I will say if you've never read Atomic Habits, girl, go run (laughs) and read that book. It's a very, very easy read. It's very, very practical. But I started to focus on growth and not goals. And I mean, seriously, set your goals. Seriously. (laughs) Like, sure. Go ahead and do that. Okay. Set them smart. But then you need to break them down into almost stupid, (laughs) small daily tasks that you are able to have small wins every single day. So, I'm going to break down a bigger example here in just a second, but just like a really quick. If you have a goal to read 20 books this year, your goal on January 1st, if especially if you're not in like if you're not already consistently reading, your goal January 1st is to read 5 minutes a day. That's it. It's not to read a whole book. It's not to read an hour a night. Five minutes a day. That is stupid simple and something that you can do regardless of what your day looked like. If you never go to the gym, like I was just saying, set a goal to do five push-ups, five squats, and five sit-ups, three days a week, all of January. That is it. (laughs) Like almost try to keep yourself to it, Um, because the truth is, honestly, once we get started, right in our minds, we think, "Oh, I can read for five minutes," or "Oh, I can do five push-ups," or "I can do, you know, whatever." That gets us just started. And then typically we would read for, maybe we read for 15 minutes. Maybe we do 10 pushups, whatever. Like we just have to, our brain has to understand and realize like, oh, I can do what is expected of me. IE read five for five minutes or do five pushups. I can do that. That will be a small win. And typically we just continue to do more. Right. Um, and so, you know, if you have a goal to eat healthier, like sub out one water for a pop a week, I mean, stupid small, you guys. <laughs> stupid small. My problem is, is that I want to bolt out of the Dagon, you know, gate like a racehorse on January first, and that is just not realistic, and it's not um, sustainable, right? I love this quote, and. This quote has, was kind of with me all of 2020 because I was starting my podcast, I was starting my business, and I know my personality. I know that I am someone who, like I just said, bolts out of the gate like a freaking racehorse, 90 miles an hour, and then I can't keep up with my pace. And like I said also, I am also someone who sets goals without the, without the self-awareness that my energy is not unlimited, nor is my time, patience, or whatever else. And so... A quote that I kind of lived by in 2020 was long term consistency beats short term intensity. Long term consistency beats short term intensity. It's like the old tale of the turtle and the hare, right? So let's go into a full example here to just talk through what it looks like to focus on growth over goals and also how to actually break down a goal because a lot of times we're taught about goal setting, you know, smart goals, make it make it specific, make it, you know, measurable, make it attainable, make it realistic and put a time to it. We we talk about setting the goal. We don't ever really get talked to about how to actually break it down so that we can actually reach the goal, right? And so I want to break this goal down for you. It's a pretty simple one. So let's just say that you have a goal to get up at 5 a.m. every single day because, or even five days a week, because you want to get your workout in, you want to have a little bit of quiet time, and you want to drink your coffee hot before all of your little ones kind of start getting up and needing 500 things. This could be the case if you were a stay-at-home mom, also could be the case if you had to head to work later, okay? And let's just say that you have set this goal in the past, but you just cannot seem to get up consistently, consistently, or when you do, you're dagon exhausted all day long. Okay, so let's break this down. You wanna get up at 5 a.m., it is important to you, but just having that goal isn't enough. Like, you have to figure out what needs to change in order for that goal to make sense or be attainable. Like, you can't go to bed at midnight every single night and get up at 5 a.m. every single day unless you're a dagon unicorn or like my grandma who could sleep like four hours a night. So number one, in order to reach your 5 a.m. goal, you need to go to bed by let's say 9 or 10 the night before. That will give you seven to eight hours of sleep. You just figure out what you need, right? And number two... You actually need to be asleep (laughs) by 9 or 10, not just like heading into bed at 9 or 10 to scroll your phone for another 30 minutes or, you know, if you're like me, you're just like stressing about the next day. Maybe not stressing, but it's just, you know, you got the, you're just thinking about all the things and, you know, stressing about the next day or what you haven't gotten to today or, you know, maybe you yelled at a kid and (laughs) you feel bad or whatever it might be, right? Like all of those things, the second my head hits the pillow, it's like 90 miles an hour. So it doesn't really help if you walk in and you're trying to go to bed by 9 or 10, but you're A, literally hitting the bed at 9 or 10, and then B, either scrolling your phone or you're up like stressing about all the things that you have to do. So this can look different for everyone, but a lot of people say that you need to turn your screens off like an hour before you are ready to go to sleep. So, you know, binging the office until 8.55 and heading to bed at 9 o'clock isn't going to support your brain in getting to sleep at 9 o'clock, right? Actually, I think they just took office off Netflix or wherever, didn't they? I think so. They started off by taking friends off, I feel like, in 2020, and now they just took off the office. Oh, Lord. Anyways, okay. So now, once you kind of figure out, this is what I want to do, and this is the bedtime, I need to be in bed by 9 or 10. Now you need to set a different nighttime routine and that could look like, you know, get the kids to bed at whatever time and then watch your show. Sure. Like oh, that's Justin and I's favorite thing to do right now. The rookie is about to be on. Actually, it's on tonight and my husband is already in bed. So that means we're not going to get to watch it tonight. Dang it. That's all right. Anyways, so you're going to want to, you know, put your kids to bed, watch your show or do whatever the heck you do until let's say eight o'clock and then at eight o'clock, Because you want to be in bed by nine, you got some stuff to do here to like wind your brain down. And so one of those things could be a quick brain dump for things that you need to do in the morning or the next day or the week. So it's not racing through your head once your head hits the pillow. And two, you know, you could do a quick gratitude, I don't know, list five things I'm grateful for or five things you loved about the day or whatever it might be just so that you don't start to have all that guilt run in at night, you know? And so after that, maybe make a warm sleepy time tea. Hey Girl is my favorite brand for sleepy time tea, just FYI. And then read for like 20 or 30 minutes before bed until, I don't know, 8.50 or whatever. And then do your nighttime routine, you know, wash your face, brush your teeth, whatever that might look like for you. And then it is lights out at nine or 10. And obviously, you guys, your seasons are going to determine what's possible. Like if you have a newborn (laughs) then a 5 a.m. morning, may not be your goal. And that's completely fine. Or whatever, you know, your life looks like this. Honestly, this goal may not even be intriguing to you, but you're still going to get the point. So you have to think about number one, in order to get up at 5 a.m., it actually starts with me getting the kids to start their bedtime routine at X time. And then I actually have to go buy some daggone sleepy time tea and have a book next to my bed to read. I have to give myself a bedtime as an adult (laughs) because the work and the productivity and the things that I'm going to do in the morning are worth it. And then you're going to have to have some self-control in the 15 seconds Netflix gives you to watch, you know, just one more episode. And then in the morning, in the morning, you guys, it's not just about the night before, right? So pause. We just talked about the night before. You can't wake up at 5 a.m. If you are, you know, binging shows until midnight, if you are watching TV until the time you want to go to bed, you don't have a bedtime, you know, you don't have a wind down routine, all of these things, okay? All of that has to happen first for the morning to actually be productive, okay? Okay. And so then there's some things that you guys are going to have to do in the morning. Like you may need to set an alarm across the room and not have it on your phone under the pillow because how easy is that to just snooze and do 10 more minutes? You might have to have your quiet time area already set up in your kitchen or your office or whatever that might look like. And you're going to have to have like your gym clothes already set out. So the goal for early morning success is to make your brain have to think as little as freaking possible when it is time to wake up. So in the morning, let's say you got your nighttime routine, you know, down. And so now in the morning, you know, it's 5 a.m. Like you're still going to feel tired. Have your workout clothes. Here's a hack on the vent (laughs) in the bathroom overnight. So, you know, you get up, you go pee. You put the warm clothes on. You don't have to make decision. The last thing you want right now is decision fatigue at 5 a.m., okay? Put your warm workout clothes on. Have your workout mix sitting out on the counter and your protein bar, whatever your, you know, pre-gym stuff is. And so that all you have to do is work out. And then you're going to have whatever quiet time material you need and maybe, you know, an idea eventually of an easy but healthy breakfast, like, I don't know, pre-make some stuff or find a good protein shake that you like. I really love isogenics right now. Um, their mocha whipped mocha is amazing. Or do like a piece of fruit and oatmeal. I don't know. I don't freaking know <laughs> just something that you like. And that is simple. And that's going to fuel you. So as you guys can see, <laughs> the reason that I hate All this goal setting talk is because there's always so much freaking hype on the goals and not so much on how to actually reach them. And, you know, another thing to think about is that some goals seem like you should be able to do them overnight once you set them if you had enough desire or if they were really, really, really a priority to you, i.e., you know, waking up early. That should be something that you could start on January 1st, right? Like set your alarm clock and get up at 5 a.m. I mean, if you have a goal to run a marathon or make six figures, like you can't just do that on your first day, right? But oftentimes it's the goals that we feel like we should be able to do on day one if we had enough discipline or willpower because technically you could, technically you could set an alarm and get up right? But we don't because we don't have the right habits in place. We don't have the right systems put in place. Like those goals to me are the ones that make us feel like we suck. <laughs> those are the ones where like the shame and the guilt kind of spiral because it's like, why can't I do this? Why can I not get up at 5 a.m.? Like, gosh, just freaking be an adult and get up. Why can I not go to the gym? Why can I not eat healthier? Why can I not do all these things? Those are very, very common goals or types of goals. And they're all goals. It's like, I can eat a salad on January 1st instead of a Big Mac. (laughs) Like that I can do but I don't want to because that's not, you know, like that, you can't go from, you know, eating McDonald's and Applebee's and all of this stuff, like all these fried amazing foods on December 31st and then switch to plain chicken and salad and water and, you know, steamed broccoli on January 1st for the entire year of 2021. Like that's not a self-discipline issue. It is a habit issue and... When we try to do that, we try to do it all at once. And so, like I said earlier, you really need to like, you know, trade, go get your Big Mac, but get a water instead of a pop. (laughs) That's your goal. I don't care what you eat. I just need you to trade out your water for your pop. That's going to make you feel better. It's going to, you know, it's one small change and maybe only do that three times a week. I don't know. So... Then moving forward, you know, maybe instead of a Big Mac, maybe you get this, like a big ch- cob salad with fried chicken and all that kind of stuff on it, whatever, you know what I mean? Like it, it really is baby steps that you have to take. It's just this growth process. And because the truth is, is that this whole example that I just gave about giving up or getting up at 5 a.m., we have to treat that. And I don't care what your goal is, whether it's 5 a.m., eating healthier getting to the gym, business, finances, marriage, I don't care. (laughs) Because the truth is we need to treat those goals like our 5am goal, like a marathon. You're not going to run a marathon on January 1st. And to you, the reason that these goals are so big and powerful to you is because you know that if you could make X goal happen, it would be life-changing. But anything that's life-changing is not going to happen overnight between December 31st and January 1st. So We got to treat these goals like a marathon. So this is what it would look like. The first two weeks in January, you're going to focus on getting, you know, in bed by X time. I don't care if you watch The Office all the way up until that time. I don't care if you have no workout clothes set out the morning before, you have no idea what you're going to eat for breakfast, and your phone is still under your pillow. Your only goal is to get in bed, into your bed, under your covers, head on your pillow by 9 p.m., 10 p.m., whatever it might be. And then the next two weeks of January, you're going to add, okay, I'm now in bed by 9 a.m., but I've been watching The Office until 8.59, so now I'm going to stop at 8. That's it. And I might not have a great wind-down routine in that hour before bed, but I am done watching screens in that hour, and I am also still in bed by 9 o'clock. And then after that, maybe you're going to find whatever routine works for you in that hour before you go to bed. And you find a couple different sleepy teas that you like and whatever else. So you're starting to figure out what to do in that hour before bed. And then for the last two weeks in February or wherever, wherever we're at at this point, you know, you're going to start waking up at 6.30 instead of 7.30. So now you are finding your routine that hour before you go to bed, you're still getting in bed on time, and now you're going to start getting up a little bit earlier then you are. We're still not at 5 a.m., people. <laughs> We're at 6.30 instead of 7.30. And let's we'll start finding a workout routine that you like. Do you like to lift weights? Do you like CrossFit? Do you like yoga? Do you like biking? Like What do you like? What feels good to you? And then you're just going to continue that, right? You're going to back up your wake-up time little by little, you're going to settle into an early nighttime routine that works for you and feels good for you. You're going to find a good tea that you like. You're going to find an exercise that feels good to you. You're going to figure out what books you want to read, right? And so on and so forth until you finally get up at 5 a.m. in, I don't know, April, May, <laughs> and you're feeling rested, you're feeling confident, you're not feeling overwhelmed, and you just continue to tweak your routine throughout the year. And listen, By the end of the year, by December, you're going to have six good months where you've been getting up at 5 a.m. And now that time, that two, you know, one and a half to three hours that you have before the kids wake up or you have to go to work or whatever that looks like, you can really start to nail down that time. Like, what do you really want to be doing in that time to grow? You know, whatever that looks like could be quiet time could be reading your Bible, it could be. I don't know, journaling, it could be, like I said, working out, it could be catching up a little bit on work, like, so you don't feel behind, whatever that might look like. So you guys, I invite you all this year to make your goals, you know, figure out what your priorities are, but then the real work comes in, you know, not fighting tooth and nail and being miserable trying to make these goals, like getting up at 5 a.m. when you're still going to bed until midnight, binging shows until you go to bed, you're getting up groggy, you know, when you wake up, you're not sure where the heck your workout stuff is, you can't find a shoe, you're freezing, you know, you're hungry, and you hate whatever workout you chose, and, you know, you don't have anything to eat once you're done, and before you have been productive at all, because you're wasting so much time doing all these things, then all of a sudden, you got your babies walking down the hall. And that's frustrating, right? Because now your day is starting and you haven't done anything. (laughs) So to do the thing for the sake of the thing, you know, isn't worth it. But doing the thing or getting up early and then doing the deep work to make it actually work, everything I just talked about, that is worth it. Because the benefits of waking up early, getting a good night's sleep, And doing the things that you really feel like are going to propel you forward in life during those quiet, uninterrupted hours while you drink a hot cup of coffee, like that is worth it. But you have to come about it in a different way. And I don't feel like that is talked about enough. So good luck. (laughs) All right, everybody. I hope that this episode... Just helps you get your mind right for this new year and helps you just take a deep breath so that you can focus on breaking down the goals you have. And also there is nothing sexy about January 1st, you guys. Okay, there kind of is, but really there isn't. Like this is coming out on January 4th. If you feel like you set your goals like me and are all like super excited and, you know, already kind of feel like you're you're about to fall off the wagon, just stop. Just stop. And and whatever that goal is, I, don't, I literally don't care what it is. If it's getting up early or whatever, set that goal to be hit in like June, And then I want you to like get a calendar out or get something out. What can you work on? Like break it down every two week increments or so between January and June work backwards. Like what needs to happen in order for in June, you to be able to, you know, give up pop or you to be able to eat healthier or whatever it might be. And I want you to just focus on something stupid, small, stupid, small every single two weeks. And I think if you're anything like me, you know, you, you get impatient, like you just want the results without the work. But the truth is you have to go on a journey. You absolutely have to go on the journey. And that's not always easy (laughs) for me to accept. I typically, I also, um, I just had an episode a couple months ago. It was called going backwards to go forward. It's my health journey. Talks about me wanting to like jump, the process and just have the results and I really wasn't doing it in a healthy way um, and it really was a humbling experience and kind of a knocked my ego to uh, realize that I really needed to stop and I really needed to back off and go to the basics and come. I was, I was performing it like a level eight, but I really needed to come back down to a level two. So that's an episode you could check out if this is interesting to you. So anyways, guys, so head over to Instagram this week and find me at Legacy Through Motherhood. I'm going to be posting about this episode all week, and I would love to hear what your goals are and how you are breaking them down. And you guys, if this encouraged you, share it with some friends. I would so, so appreciate that. And just say a prayer for us, you guys, because we have our first ultrasound today, if you're listening to this episode live, at 1.30, and I'm really nervous (laughs) because I'm 12 and a half weeks, and this is the first time seeing or confirming the pregnancy, and I've never had to wait this long before. So I'm excited but also nervous because nothing concerning has really, you know, happened so far this pregnancy. So all should be good. But, you know, if you have um, been pregnant or had a baby, you know, that first ultrasound, you're just like holding your breath until you see a heartbeat. So, all right, guys, I look forward to continue walking with you to help you find your grit while completely covering you and grace. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week.